this flyover clip. I'm very grateful. Years, 35 well, years. Is what I signed up for. I didn't yeah. get to do it all. Because of my epilepsy, which is a whole other story. Yeah, well, we want to. I want to cover that. Yeah. So, um, you were signed up for thirty-five. Yeah. And how much were you? I, I got to do six. Y- okay. And then I had to be medically discharged. I didn't want to leave. I didn't confess to them about my epilepsy. I thought if I could keep going, keep being tougher than the rest, run faster than the rest, they would see that it was okay, that I could somehow stay in in the intelligence core, but they it, it wasn't meant to be. And now looking back, you know, I say this to audiences, but with hindsight, someone who's having big seizures, my seizures were getting worse and worse, massive seizures mm. with a semi-automatic weapon, mm. probably not my finest idea <laughs> is where I go with that story. But it was a heartbreak and all of a sudden I found myself back at home. No job. Wow. 35 years, nothing. And you you were keeping that in hiding so people hiding. wouldn't know, but you were in extreme pain. Like you, your body would be injured. Yeah, from- I, and I hid that for, I hid my, so my seizures got worse and worse and worse until, so every night nearly I would be having these big seizures and they would dislocate my arms or I would cut through my tongue and my teeth are jagged because I would fall on my face. So my arms, you can just about see the little holes here. They got um, sewed wow. back on when my seizures got cured. So I would have my arms dislocate in the night. You'd have to go to what we would call A&E, accident emergency. You guys would call ER, go to mm-hmm. ER, have them pulled back in. And I hid that way until I was probably nearly 40 years old. So all the things I ever did, all the TV shows, I never told anybody what was happening to me at night. Wow. I just kept it as a secret because I saw it as a weakness. Well, in a in a world where uh, being a victim is a trophy and actually is is cause for promotion, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting, what, you know, mm-hmm. how that was working on the inside of you mm-hmm. to actually hide something that you probably could have used for sympathy or you could have used for, you know, other things because you're if you have a seizure at night that can dislocate your shoulder and then the next day go to work yes. with no excuses, yes, you know. Did that begin to process some of your views when you look at a world that celebrates victimhood? And did you take a lot of pride in that? How did that, what was going on the inside of you as you were doing that? Yeah. And and I didn't know this at the time, but now I've had time. And a lot of these conversations that I have with lovely people help me to process this stuff because I never talked about it. And even when I go to talk about it now, I can feel it connecting to, you know, big feelings because mm-hmm. I didn't speak of it. So um, so I hid it, I hid it, I hid it because I knew back in the world that I was growing up in and the big jobs I wanted at a very high level in a man's world, any weakness like that, you people could be kind and sympathetic now, but then I would have been dis- disregarded immediately. So at high level in boardrooms, I would have, they wouldn't have taken me on. So I hid it and I hit it and I hit it. And there was a part of me, now I look back, I see that by hiding something so traumatic, yeah. um, you know, at a level that it, it seemed at times I couldn't carry on with it because it was mm-hmm. just not a tolerable way of living. But it was almost like at the same time as everybody was saying I was a monster and I should be removed and cancelled and I was, I had this very private thing going on and it was almost like it allowed 
there to be an even bigger wall between the monster people said I was and who I really am. And because my secrets were so big, I dislocate my arms at night. None of you know. Mm-hmm. I, I have major seizures. I just, I you know, fractured my spine. None of you know. It, it was almost like this thing that they were talking about was so far removed from who I was, you know, in ER mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. with doctors pulling my arms back in. I guess it was part of that. It was like a strange way of being so private and I would never let them know my pain. And I think that relates back to military days where you you suck it up because mm-hmm. the, the big guys don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You just hold it. And so I can hold a lot of pain. Um, and that's actually, I see now in my audiences, I feel, I see people holding pain mm-hmm. in our, you know, this will set me off any day of the week as well, but um, lockdown and all that happened and we don't need to go there too much, but I see people holding pain that mm-hmm. they've held for three, four years. And I really connect with that. Yeah, you recognise it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. when and when people have a chance to laugh, because usually mm-hmm. what I'm doing is really upbeat, even though this feels kind of sad, they get it, they, they're they laughing, laughing, we have a lovely time, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're flooding tears. And they'll come up and then these tears come. And it's because so many people are holding pain mm-hmm. um, because of what was done to them, to your fine country, to ours, mm-hmm. and to people all over the world. Yeah. Uh, we, I do have to, I don't want you yes. to ask this question because I do have to find out when did you... Um, deal with this is- issue of epilepsy. Oh my gosh, we and lost that in this. I know, I'm like, okay, because... It's a wild ride. It's wild. I mean, it wasn't taken care of for quite a while and you're dealing with Great this. Great question. Yeah, so w- how did it How did it eventually work so, out? So, yeah, so 38. So 38 years old, I still had my column in the Mail Online. I was just about to begin my LBC radio, that I, this, you know, my true passion, my one... Mm-hmm. My biggest love and my biggest loss in a work setting, apart from the military, was my LBC radio show because you're in the heart of your country, you're behind enemy lines and you're allowing people in their pyjamas, it was on a Sunday morning, making their Sunday roast dinner for their families, would call in to my show and they would tell me, well, Katie, the thing is... You know, I just think this. And honestly, if they could stop and they would whisper me as oh. if they were telling me their secrets yeah. from their kitchen. And that's why the show was perfect because other mums and dads in their kitchen, they were talking to them. Wow. Yeah. So this is later because I have hair. But when I, so I was just about to start LBC. And two years prior, I was told by my, um, a lovely guy in a neurology ward that I had two years left before oh, wow. a seizure. Wow would get me. So I was 38 and I remember going in with lovely Mark and there was us two and I knew it wasn't going to be great. And the, the lovely consultant and another guy, yeah, look at me. I was so ill. So this is when you first started? I just had surgery. I was so ill. It's right after the surgery? This sure. is, I came straight from the hospital wing. I wasn't allowed out. I went over the road and bought that sweater, which I think helps explain it because I was off my face on morphine. All the back of my head is still missing. But they want to do press pictures on this day and I wouldn't let them down. And so I turned up. That's actually really upsetting, isn't it? Because I'm really sick there. But um, Wow. So 38 years old and I went in and um, so he said, and he looked straight over and he goes, so within two years, one of your grandma's seizures, these big seizures, yeah. will, will be your last seizure, will end you. And what did he call it? He had a way of putting it. 
And he said that a sur- they, he thought a surgery could be possible, but not probable. Mm. And he said that um, the deficit, that was it. So explain the surgery he could do. And he would be prepared to go into my head, find the area where this kind of a tumour idea, where this, these seizures were coming from. He could go and get it. They would keep me awake while they got it. <laughs> wow. And they would make me do things like maybe play my violin while they got it. <laughs> I mean, just for fun, I think. Yeah. Like medical dudes yeah. are a little bit weird. I'm just going to say, <laughs> what would you like me to do? Tap dance? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So they go in, get the tumour out, and but there would be a deficit. And the deficit would be... Uh, left hand, I'm left-handed. Okay. A uh, left leg, uh, sight, and maybe speech. So these are the things you would lose. Oh wow! So basically, left side, maybe speech, maybe sight, or worse, or or you know, end days. Yeah. And the weird thing was, there was no bit of paper. Like I wanted a bit of paper that said, "Here you go. You can have surgery, and it will cure you." Or end game. Like mm-hmm. I wanted it, like I'm very good at black and white. Yes. I'm military, right? So live, die, mm-hmm. yes, no, black, white. I'm good with that. End game or you're good. But don't give me, don't bring me back. I'd, I've never spoken about this. <clears throat> don't bring me back. Unable. Mm-hmm. Don't bring me back if I'm not the mum I'm determined my children will have. Let me go. Mm-hmm. But that's not the choice. So so I left and that was the, so for two, so, so they, I was on a wait list then because in the UK we have wait lists. Okay. And the wait list was three years, which I always think is slightly comedic because yeah. like they give you two years, but the wait list is three. three. So it's like, uh, yeah. So I'd be on the road still with those big seizures doing what I did. And I, I would text my mom still here. And every morning I would text Lovely Mark, still here. Wow. And I think Lovely Mark would be like, damn, damn, <laughs> damn the old cow is going out. She's a scrappy oh. one. How can I ever get rid of this woman? And uh, anyway, I went for the surgery and they they did a big surgery. We should probably warn people if we're going to put this okay, up. Because yeah. if they're eating or something, maybe. You do have some pictures, but it's. Yeah. it's... Oh, that's one's okay. That's this one, is yeah. after. That's Mark yeah. chopped my hair off. It's the one before. So this is after the surgery. That's after. Yeah. When I didn't have a flap. It's the one, one before. More. There yeah. we go. So they wow. chopped me from one ear. So that's taken from above. Just in people, people are like, He's what kind of the down. hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's Lovely Mark stood over me because Lovely Mark looked and then Lovely Mark had to go away from the room and be ill. So I was like, well, that's odd. Like, cause yeah. I didn't know what it looked right. like. So I didn't know what see. happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe it's a scratchy scratch up yeah. there. I don't know. I mean, it was hurting a little bit. So he went away and then when he came back, I was like, you've got to show me. And he's like, no, no, we don't need to look. And I said, I need to see what you've just seen. Yeah. So then he took a picture. So it went from one ear to the other. And what they basically do is they open you up like a, like a, like you see like on a, on a horror movie. And then they get a drill and they drill around a circle for you to get in at your brain. And then they went in and they got the tumor bit. And then what they really, what they do to start with, which is kind of cool is they, they pop the, they pop. Is that a medical term? I would call it. It is me. I, I know what you mean. It. Yeah, exactly. You pop the bone back on. Yep. And then you just close it up and then staple it up with some like, I guess, regular staples. Okay. And then <laughs> like, any, hope, any, hope any, for the best to yeah, do this. Any hardware store. You go to Target. <laughs> yeah. yeah, know that. Just get these. You pop them around your head. Boom, it boom, boom, looks boom. very industrial. Yes, it does. It was very, very, very like machine mechanical yeah. work, you know. Yeah. It was industrial. And let me tell you, the morning they come round, the nurses, when they're doing all the stuff, like, and you're like, 
And bear in mind, like I can use stuff. Like my first thing I did was I opened my eyes in intensive care. And I said, like, okay, I can see. Oh, that's good. And then yeah. I did I did that, I remember, with my left foot, big toe. And yeah. I could and I went, I can feel my toe. Wow. And I whispered to lovely yeah. Mark because I couldn't move because I was just disgusting everywhere. Anyway, so that's what they did. But my bone bit went manky, which is meningitis. So they had to go back in, pull those staples oh, out. Oh no. Yeah. And that was that that's no bone flap. So basically that warns people she hasn't got a head. And do you know what my parents you, you did? You had no lid during that time. No, or now. Oh, no. I don't have one now. It's like my cup. So they just they just take the skin. Yeah, that's just a hole in my head. And they just they just kind of together. loosely sewed it up. And so my parents, get this. This is my parents to a T. They came up from Devon, farming country. They hadn't seen me in this is like three months. This is later. It was, you know, I was tiny and not good. And they came to get me. They didn't want to waste their day in London because they paid to go up on the train. <laughs> they put me on a bus. They put you on a bus? On a bus. They took me on a bus with that written on my head, no bone flap, full thing, full thing, and took me to the South Bank for a little walk. Oh, are you serious? No, I am serious. My and everybody came, knows you. Uh, well, no, I mean, no one knew me. They recognize her there, though. Oh, my God, <laughs> it's, no. It's, it's Every, you're in disguise. No, no one knew. No one knew. Everyone just felt like, what is this tragic Even thing? if they did, they're like, you look like a mummified Katie Hopkins, kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah, but kind I, of. Well, no, I think people just looked away like, oh, that is not good. Oh. Whatever, The Walking Dead is. They put me on a bus and took me to the South oh, Bank. Oh, my like that. Like that, I could barely walk. Well, they got to see the sights. They're there. They don't come to London every day. They don't want to waste their day. Seriously, I don't want to do my parents down, but that is who they are. Oh, no. Like sensitivity may not be there, like the top oh, three things. And is wow. that a medical term? Bone flap? Is that what they call this? <laughs> I, I, so I do have a bone flap? Yeah, so you have, well, you have a skull. Okay. But if I was to saw your head off and then put it back, it would be called a called bone, bone flap. Bone flap. And so they're letting people know, you know, don't bang her on the head, basically. And so I still don't have a bone flap. They threw my bone flap away. Does the can top I say? of your brain like toughen up over time? Does it kind of develop a little more like. You can feel it. No, but don't do that to it. <laughs> do you want to feel? You can feel. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Hold on. Should I come to you or will I get told off? So, so if you put your head flat there, yeah. push. Oh, yeah. No, I feel enough. That's good. That hole. Wow. Yeah, that's the hole in there. Okay. Wow. That's my brain. So I can, if you hold there together. Right, if you hold I can it, read I your. Can, I can I read can, your mind if I, I can braille. Right, hold tight, and I okay. can hold on. I can make it move. Ready? Can you? Oh, yes, yeah. it's that's flexing. Brain? So if I move my stomach muscles, that's my brain moving because of the you know the water in your spine. And so they, when they sew it back together, how does your hair grow? How does it? Well, it's well, it still got, the skin. It doesn't really. I've got a huge missing bit. Yeah, I've got a huge scar still where, where that was. But you can't tell at all. I'm right here but with you. Well, I but there's your a head skin right. over and the hair grows out of the skull. I mean, the well, hair. Well, I know, but just ask her though. She, no, that's no, what there's I a lot her. of There's a lot of missing. There's a lot of, the scar line is still there. That's wow. why I borrowed your hair this morning. Because yeah. I make my hair look a bit bigger. Yeah, well, you can't ever tell you. You oh, do a well, great I job. Oh, I don't mind anyway. Yeah, wait, it's wait, okay. What, what, what kind of precautions then? Do they have to, uh, like, if well, you ride they, bikes or do things? You have I do everything. So I, I, and... no, I, so they came at me. So when I was in the ward, and, and can I just say again, I'm not, you know, I don't apologize for what I say, but I am very careful. If you're a mother with a child with epilepsy mm-hmm. and they wear a helmet, I support you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. I am not saying this about your children. And if it was my children, I would have them in a helmet as well. Sure. But I'm a 40-ass-year-old mm-hmm. woman who's been through the, the, the bit before. Yeah. You know, I've been through, right? You've been through. And I'm kind of, you know, I, I've already, the end game is already up. And I've, right. I've made my You're, They've already You're said, house money yeah, at this point. Exactly. I, I walked to the wards of the Lord and maybe he would let me in and maybe he wouldn't. But I did that journey before I went to surgery. So my time was up. And so they came into my room when I was kind of in a bad way with one of those big spongy helmets that they try and put on 
epileptics. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you want to take that helmet and you want to get out <laughs> of my room. <laughs> and that like, was the last happened. time any physio or anyone came near me with a helmet. Wow. And I and that is the joy of my life. And, and it's the truth of my life is when you are relinquished of all your things mm-hmm. and you become free. Our founding fathers evolved the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. There's not one thing that you can buy at a grocery store today for a dollar. And it feels like a scary time, but it doesn't have to be scary for us. We may not be able to control the government or what they're doing with our spending or what happens with inflation, but we can control what we do. This is one ounce of silver, but you might have bought a one ounce silver that, you know, you paid $80 for it because it had a picture of Elvis on it. It doesn't matter what's on it. This is worth the spot price of silver that day. And so it's important that you're buying silver and not stories. And number two, that you're buying it from a broker that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell it. And so I know when I go to sell it, I don't want to pay a commission based on the increase. I only want to pay a commission based on the purchase of it that day. So when I go to sell it, all of that profit belongs to our family. We've known Kirk for over 25 years. His dad was a mentor of ours when we were first married. It's a family that I completely trust. For you to be able to connect with them, all you have to do is go to flyovergold.com. There's a place you can fill out your information. Someone from Dr. Kirk's team will give you a call to set up an appointment to help to answer your questions. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or you can call 720-605-3900. I am so glad that we did. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Hello, Flyover family. Join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or the moon landing, chemtrails, the Nephilim, demons? Those are all things that fascinate me. 
decided to use our platform of the Flyover Conservative podcast and create a new show called Conspiracy Conversations. Every Saturday morning, we get together with some of the brightest minds in the world that have spent thousands of hours on a topic, churning through the research, looking at things they've traveled, they've been to the locations, they're looking for the truth because they're as curious as you and I are about what's true. What is really true about our past, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going? We don't bring on guests to iron out their wrinkles and find out the things that we disagree on. No more than I go to the grocery store and, and, and try to put everything in the whole store in my cart. I just try to walk out with better ideas than I had when I walked in. If you got something inside you that's like, what about that? I don't even know if I agree, but I would like to hear them out. If you have an open mind and a curious heart, we've got a show for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, conspiracyconversations.com. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.